seven of From the Shed End podcast with myself, T Dot. Uh, as always, joined by Theo. So, first and foremost, how you doing, Theo? I'm good. I'm good. Um, busy day of work. We were just talking, but happy to finally find some time to talk about Chelsea and football. And also, uh, I think since the last time we spoke, we had Willian uh, interact with us on the Instagram account, ex footballer, yeah. I mean, ex Chelsea footballer, Willian. Um, so yeah, we posted a video of him taking a free kick at Wembley and he, um, he wrote, he commented on the video and he viewed our story and liked the video as well. So that was quite nice. Still so a you're still a blue, exactly. Maybe missing Chelsea a bit, but uh, if you're not following us on Instagram, uh, make sure you follow us, um, from the shed end, uh, on the straw underscores between, um, each part of the wor- the wording, but, um, but yeah, engage with us, interact with us because we're posting a lot of new content on there. Yeah. I don't know you've been busy on the Instagram as well. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of historical moments on there already i'm sure there's going to be many more um that theo's going to post on there as well um but let's dive straight into it i think um we we want to touch on the west ham game um last weekend we didn't really get to record up until now so i think now's probably a good time to to bring up that so um good win for us one nil it was a it was a convincing performance um what were your thoughts on on the way we played I thought it was a great performance. Very, very similar to the away games against Liverpool and Tottenham, I felt. Got that first half goal and kind of, you know, looked relatively comfortable um, in the second half, even though we kind of didn't really get that second goal. Maybe we needed to make things a bit more comfortable. Um, I thought Werner's goal was great. Um, he looked quite sharp. You know, he kind of bullied, not bullied, but he kind of kept possession um, against Bonner in the middle of the pitch. And then played it, I think, to Pulisic, who played it to Chilwell. And then Chilwell crossed it back to Werner, which was a brilliant goal. Um, formation-wise, I was a bit surprised to see Azpilicueta at right wing back. I think it's the first time we've seen him in that position uh, under Tuchel. Uh, he's usually played a Reese James or hudson Adoy. But in the end, I think, um, you know, he does lack a bit of pace at times, Azpilicueta. Um, you know, when he does cover, go really high up the pitch. And we saw that again against Real Madrid uh, last night. But when he does do that... Um, We've got the joy of having Kante in midfield who can just slot in or intercept those balls that kind of, you know, get in that dangerous area. So all in all, I think it was a great performance. Really, really important three points against a team that are challenging us for top four. And that means we now overtake them in fourth position. So it's in our hands now. So I think that's the most important thing. But yeah, great performance in the London derby and three vital points. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was odd to myself when I uh, saw saw the lineup and saw Aspia Quetta. To be honest, he did he did well. He did well there. Um, I, was, I was sort of apprehensive before the game kicked off, and I thought, has he got the legs to to keep up? But we we did what we needed to do. Um, you know, we kept the the key players for West Ham quiet. Um, I want to get your views on the sending off, which I think has now been rescinded as well, because um, that was a big talking point after the game as well. I don't think it was a red. Um, had that happened to a Chelsea player, I'd have been fuming. Um, very, very harsh on Balbuena and West Ham. I say it's very harsh, but it did happen, I think, in the 82nd minute. So I'm not yeah. sure it would have really impacted the game. But had that been a sending off early in the second half or even in the first half, I think that's when you start to, as a West Ham fan, um, be really, really frustrated and feel like, you know, you've been robbed. But um, oh, I'm happy that it got rescinded because it was the, I think it was the wrong decision from the, the referee. So I think a bit of justice there for West Ham. But, um, but yeah, I do want to see a bit more clarification around that rule because we've seen it a few times this season. You know, that kind of trailing foot after a, a cross or, or a, a clearance or even a pass, I can catch a player awkwardly. So I would like to see a bit more clarification around what's a yellow, what's a red, what's a foul, what's not a foul. Yeah. But yeah, very harsh. And then also as well, because I think 
Um, it was the first introduction that we've seen for a while of Tammy Abraham, albeit in the 87th minute. But, um, and I know we touched on it on our last episode, but what, you know, do you think, you know, bringing him on was just to, to give Werner that rest in, in, apprehend, in that, looking forward to the game that we're going to discuss shortly, uh, Real Madrid. Was that the thinking behind it or do you think it was just prove what you can do in the little time that you've got from Tuchel? I think it's a mix of both. I think um, Tuchel has now kind of made his mind up with Giroud and I think it's obvious now that he's not going to stay past the summer. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the, the clubs in Italy are linked with him. I think it's Lazio, Roma. So I don't think he'll be um, a Chelsea player come um, next next season. So maybe that's in the back of Tuchel's mind thinking, okay, um, maybe I need to find a second choice, number nine for next season. Let's see what uh, Tammy Abraham can do. And as we said, we spoke about it. He hasn't played, I think, since February when he got injured yeah. against Newcastle. So it was a moment to shine for him. Um, he did have that chance, which he almost seemed to be too tall to put it in the back of the net of the header. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I would like to see a bit more of him for the remaining games of the season. We've got so many games coming thick and fast now. And even Fulham on Saturday, when you kind of think we've got Madrid next Wednesday, the second leg, that's a game which I think we should rotate a few kind mm. of positions, maybe a few players. And I think Abraham is, you know, he's proved it. He can play in these type of games. So I would like to see him um, lead the line against the Fulham on Saturday and play a bit of a role with these last five or six games uh, yeah. to finish up the season. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's still got a part to play. I think it'd be a shame if we lose Abraham because I think he's still very, very you know, relatively young in terms of his footballing career. And we know what he can do. We've seen it at Chelsea. We've seen it when he was at Aston Villa as well in the Premier League um, I think no that wasn't in the Premier League was it was a championship mm-hmm. um, but he's still proven at Premier League level with Chelsea that he can he can play that level um, I do think some of his decision making is a bit off or his, his positioning but I think that comes with time and experience and game time as well which obviously he hasn't really got since um, you know Tuchel's been in charge so it will be interesting um, I'd be sad to see him go I mean he's a you know he's a Chelsea through and through he's come through the ranks at Chelsea as well. Um, and I think if we, if we lost him, he, he could actually do damage to us by losing him. You know, he's, he is a proven goal scorer. So, um, I, you know, I can't really, see, I couldn't really see him going to a mid-table team. Um, maybe an Arsenal would pick him up. Or so, I don't know. Um, you know, would that, would that be a deal that we could see happening? But I think if we lost him, it would be detrimental to us because I think he's, he's someone that we can bring on during games. Like you said, you know, we can rotate the squad. We can bring bring him into a game like against Fulham, knowing that we've got a big game midweek next week as well. So it'll be interesting to see. I'll be, I'll be sad to see him go. He's, he's a good player for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, we spoke about, I think, in one of the earlier episodes, potentially type of player that would fit perfectly at a Leicester or a West Ham. Yeah. Vardy's yeah. only getting older, so that could be an option for him if he does want to get, you know, be that first-choice striker at one of those teams. But as an academy player, you do want to see him do really well at Chelsea. And he yeah. did do that last season, that first Premier League goal he scored for Chelsea at, um, at Carroll Road against Norwich. I think he scored a brace that, he scored a brace that day. Um, you could yeah. see how much it meant to him when he ran towards Lampard, you know, thank you for giving me this opportunity. And I think a lot of Chelsea fans thought, you know, we found our number nine that day. He, um, he looked really kind of sharp. Um, and then he went on, he scored a hat-trick, I think, at Molyneux. He scored a brace against Sheffield the following week. So it would be really sad to see him go, but it completely depends if he wants to be you know, first choice number nine at, um, elsewhere, or if he wants to kind of fight for his position, potentially against someone like Lukaku or Haaland, if they, one of these big prolific number nines do come in next yeah. season at Chelsea. But um, I do think he's got a role to play for sure in the, this season and hopefully next season. 
Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Let's move over to yesterday's game, last night's game. Um, Obviously, if you're watching live, you can see that I've got a big smile on my face. Um, If you're not, I've got a big smile on my face because we played really well against a team that I thought were going to give us some more trouble than they did. Um, I was impressed. I was impressed with the way we started. I said to you before the game offline, we need to have a good solid 15, 20 minutes of just keeping possession, shutting down anything that Real Madrid are doing and pressing them as well, which we did all three things. Um, what, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the, the, well, the formation, the tactics were all the same as the, the sort of like dress rehearsal on Saturday against West Ham? What were your thoughts on all of that? I thought two calls coming into the game with a game plan, same formation and same exact same starting 11 that played at um, the London Stadium on uh, Saturday. Um, I was more comf- comfortable having Aspi at right wing back. You know, you want that experience from a player like him in a, in a Champions League semi-final. And those back three of Silva, Rudiger and Christensen, they've been just superb and spotless since um, Tuchel's come in, particularly to Rudiger. I think, you know, start of the year, back end of last year, he was getting a love stick from Chelsea fans, maybe playing a part in the Lampard um, dismissal. That was yeah. kind of one of the rumours. But he's really won me over recently. He's been absolutely superb um, blocking shots. So really really comfortable defensively from uh, all five defenders. But um, similarly to you, I think it was an amazing start. Um, electric start, if anything. Um, Werner Mess, uh, which I think we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, I think um, that kind of set the pace of the game. It said that, you know, we're going to be having these chances. They look weak at the back. I think that back three from um, Real Madrid didn't suit them at all. It almost felt like they weren't playing with a left wing back. I'm not sure if that was Marcello or someone else, but it was a huge yeah. gap in that part of the pitch which allowed players like Pulisic, Mount to get all that kind of freedom that they, they like. Um, but really, really electric start, which seems to be a kind of a recurring theme of Chelsea this season, or at least since Tuchel's come in, a kind of electric first, first 20 minutes, we get that goal, and then we sit back a bit, a bit mm. particularly in the second half. So one thing, one, one bit of criticism I'll say is we didn't get that second goal. You know, a yeah. really important away goal from Pulisic and an amazing goal, if anything. Look, really kind of, let's remember he's 22 years old. Yeah, yeah. Christine Pulisic. 22 years old, first American ever to score in a Champions League semi-final. And I think he's the youngest, the youngest Chelsea player as well, isn't he, in the semi-final? Yeah, youngest Chelsea player to score in a semi-final and first American in the history of the Champions League. So, uh, you know, we forget he's 22 and performances like yesterday remind me so much of Eden Hazard, you know, how he kind of dribbles past players and when they don't know what to do with him, they just tackle him or foul him. And I think he was tackled a fair bit yesterday and got players um, of Madrid booked. But, um, but yeah, just that second goal. Had we got that second goal, which I think we did deserve on the night, um, mm. it would have made the, uh, things a lot more comfortable going into the second leg as well. I could yeah. have even settled the tie. And it seems to be, you know, we've done that a lot this season, but luckily we're quite comfortably defensively, bar maybe those, the Benzema goal and that other Benzema chance. They didn't really um, kind of attack too much or have those yeah. chances that made you very nervous. So I think more of the same in the second leg. And I think we should be able to, you know, cross that finish line to, and get yeah. to Istanbul, I had hope. Yeah. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head because watching Real Madrid previous to, the, to last night's game, I can't really remember them playing three at the back that often. And um, we've played that, you know, under two calls since he's, his arrival. So it suited us to have that formation, you know, we're familiar with it. But um, it just didn't suit Real Madrid at all. There were so much gaps in space. And like I said earlier, you know, both teams were pressing, but we were, you know, we're used to doing that as, as the formation that we're used to playing. Real Madrid just weren't, they were great at pressing, but when they lost the ball, 
you know, it was all like, you know, deer in the headlight moments and they weren't really sure what to do, whether to, you know, to engage with, with Chelsea or just to sit back and, and wait for that approach. But um, I, I agree with you. You know, I think we, we had plenty of chances to get a second goal. Um, you know, obviously, the, I was in shock when Timo Werner didn't put enough power in the shot. I think that's all it needed was a bit more power. Um, you know, it, it was an opportunity, you know, he could have he could have taken it, he didn't. But um, I, I do think we played well. I think we played well. We, we um, I think they only had one shot on target for it, which I think is the goal. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure they only had one shot on target throughout the whole game. But, you know, we retained possession well. Um, even the subs that, that they brought on, um, Arsenio, they brought on Hazard, um, didn't really change the game for them. But we brought on, um, I'm trying to think now who it was. I think James, it was we, we brought Reese James, Havertz and Ziyech on at the same yeah. time. And that worked because I, I felt like at the time we were being sort of, you know, you know, the pressure was on us a little bit. Bringing those subs on suddenly changed the, the, the whole dynamic of the game and we were suddenly back on top again. So I do think, you know, um, it, it works for parts of the game. I did feel at the time watching the game and watching it back this morning that Aspia Quetta, I don't know if I'd play him at right wing back in the second leg. And and my reasons for that is I think there were times where he was caught out slightly. Um, I know a lot of people mentioned around the goal that he was caught out for the goal. Um, I think he was unlucky, but um, I don't think there was anything Mendy could have done. He was too close to him. Um, but, you know, I think I think we've got every right to, to think we can get in to the final um, from the way we played yesterday. Yeah, um, Asby did look very tired, I think around the 70th minute mark, which probably yeah. means you know, he's getting to, he's past 30 years old now. Um, I think right wing back to a position that requires kind of like fresh legs. We see it with Rhys James and Hudson-Odoi, how they're able to kind of backtrack really quickly. So that I would agree with you there, maybe play Rhys James as right wing back in, um, in the second leg at Stamford Bridge. But, um, but I mean, the fact we're kind of complaining after, not complaining, but a bit disappointed after a 1-1 draw against Real Madrid away from home says a lot about our expectations as Chelsea fans at the moment and how, you know, we performed as a team on the night. Yeah. So I think that's a huge kind of, you know, credit to us and credit to Tuchel, how he's kind of rejuvenated this team and brought us a lot of hope and expectations now going into that business end of the season and last five games of the, of the Premier League, an FA Cup final and potentially a Champions League um, final. So, you know, it's kind of, it's just, wow. Um, it's spoiled. <laughs> it's spoiled. And yeah, a lot of Chelsea fans were complaining on Twitter yesterday and I was thinking, this is crazy. We're complaining after a draw against Real Madrid, you know, who've yeah. reached, who've won three Champions Leagues in a row in the last five or six years. So it says a lot about our expectations for sure. Yeah. One thing I wanted to pick up on as well was Kante, because I think, I think Kante was probably, you know, people's, bat around the term world-class quite easily. But for me, he's got to go in that, that bracket of players that are world-class. I, I don't think I've watched a player run for 90 minutes and still look like they could run for another 90 minutes for two days straight. You know, he's that kind of player that just doesn't stop. Um, he, he's just, he's immense. You know, I think he got man of the match yesterday and deservedly as well. But he's just someone that we, yeah. you know, we, we have to appreciate because he's, he's brilliant on and off the ball. I think he's, his, his movement going forward's been better um, under Lampard and to Tuchel. Tuchel. Um, you know, he, he's, he's been able to move the ball better. His decision making going forwards even better as well. Um, defensively, you know, he knows how to cut cut things. Out. I mean, Luka Modric probably didn't have a, a sniff at anything yesterday. You know, he didn't have anything to to really do with the game for me anyway. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think Kante's got to have an honourable shout out for yesterday's uh, performance. Yeah, we've become so used to Kante performances like yesterday's that you know it's still worth praising because he is world class, and we've almost become so used to it that you know, it's, does does he is he still world class? Is he not world class? But uh, it's almost when he does make a small mistake or he, his performance is maybe a bit below a ten out of ten, you start to notice it a bit more because you're so yeah. used to it. But he was superb yesterday, and as you said, he kept Modric at bay, who is a very experienced player. A very kind of capable player in this on a big stage, and man of the match. I think Riley deserved every single Twitter poll I saw asking for the man of the match, including our one we posted last night, was won by Kante. So um, uh, deserved man of the match and type of player that you know going in. If we were to go into a Champions League final and having him fit and yeah. you know available to play, it was a huge boost of confidence. I feel so. Well, we're spoiled to have him. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and. Um... Just interestingly, knowing tonight is a big game, which I'm sure you'll be watching. Um, PSG, um, Man City, big game. So, um, out of those two teams, and I can't remember if I've asked you this before, so forgive me if I have, but who would you prefer to face out of PSG and Man City? If we get to the final, if we get to the final, I've I've answered this before, but my, my, my. My decision on my choice is always changing, I feel, and it could potentially change after the, the game tonight. Mm. Um, based on what I've seen this season, I'd rather play Man City simply because we beat them in that FA Cup semi-final. Uh, two cores maybe analyse their performances more this season at least. Yeah. Um, and I think their, their front three is potentially weaker. They didn't have that you know, number nine similarly to, similar to us. They don't have that number nine who scores many goals. At least this season they don't. Aguero has been very injured and Gabriel Jesus has been in and out the team compared, especially when you compare that to Neymar and um, Mbappe, who can, yep. they can score for fun. And we saw Neymar's performance in the quarter final against Bayern. That was scary. It was scary how good he was. So, um, so yeah, I'd definitely rather play Man City. And as I've said it before, when two English clubs play each other in a, in a Champions League, anything can happen regardless of form. Um, and I think, but the other side to me is thinking maybe Tuchel knows some of these PSG players. Yeah, so I was potentially, to say that. yeah, potentially, you know, that might play a part if we do play PSG. He knows how Neymar play. He knows how Mbappe play. He was still managing them, I think, before Christmas. So this is still maybe fresh in the back of his mind. You know these performances. But um, I still rather play Man City. I feel I feel like they've dropped off a bit in form um, in the last month or two. And I think Guardiola's, you know, he wants to wrap up the league quite um, early. So I think his focus is on that. But um. But yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting game tonight because I think both teams are have that depth in their squad. They have that level of players. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you to an extent. I think I'd love to see a PSG-Chelsea final. Um, I do I do agree. Obviously, Tuchel will have more of a, a closer hand to what's happening in Manchester City's. You know, that he's, you've got to prepare for them in the league in a couple of weeks anyway. Um, but I do think Tuchel will probably have you know, an emotional emotional side to him would also probably want to play PSG as well. But I think if we do if we do get PSG, he's not going to want to lose to PSG more so than Man City. So I think just from the way that we've been watching Tuchel the last couple of weeks, you know, he he knows how to beat the big teams. You know, and he doesn't really not to say that we don't we can't beat the the, the smaller teams. You know, we've, we've been doing really well under him. But I just feel like when it comes to these big games. You know, he, he doesn't let the team down. The team are behind him. They'll run through walls for him. So, 
I think either either or, you know, I think it's probably the best answer, isn't it? I think we can only play who we've got in front of us. But if I had to choose one, I, I would like to see Pierce more entertaining. I think I think a, an all English final. Um, I don't know if I'd want to see that. I think a PSG one would be more entertaining for not just myself, I'm sure for the neutrals as well. Yeah, after hearing what you've had to say, um, it's true that we've we've been very good against the big teams. And I did speak about Mbappe and Neymar, but then thinking back, we've kept clean sheets against Luis Suarez, Harry Kane, Mo Salah, mm-hmm. but all these amazing players. So there's nothing that says that we can't do it against the PSG in the yeah. final against um, M- Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria. So yeah, either or. And I think... Um, whoever we play similarly to 2012 when it was either Bayern or Real Madrid in the other semi-final, I think, you know, we're going to have to play the best of the best to kind of, you know, win the best tournament. So, definitely. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so, it'll be interesting next, win- next Wednesday. Um, second leg, Stamford Bridge. I'm sure you wish you could attend. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be nervous as hell. Like last, last night, mm-hmm. I think I had to go for a jog before I uh, <laughs> watched the game. I had to calm myself down somehow. So, that was the only way. But um, next Wednesday, we take our one-one draw, and hopefully we can get the result we need. Um, you know, I'm sure every Chelsea fan wants to see us in the final. So, um, fingers crossed, we can do that. Fingers crossed. Let's get it, get ourselves back onto the the Premier League. Um, Fulham, still a big game. I put down that they're relegation struggling, Fulham, but they are a team that can cause, you know, any team in the Premier League problems. Um, Scott Parker's got them playing really good football at the moment. They're still sort of, for me, the team that has left things too late. Um, you know, I don't think that, you know, people are still saying they might get out of the relegation. They may do, but I just think they've left it too late. But I think it still causes us an issue in terms of getting the top four. So what's your thoughts on, on the game for, for Saturday? It's a really important game, almost as important as the West Ham one. Um, previous weekend, um, we need those three points now more than ever in my view about Fulham their form pretty good now particularly how they were playing at the start of the season and they have left it very late had they played the way they had maybe from January onwards then I think they'd be you know they'd be top top 15 maybe they'd be quite comfortable comfortably sitting mid-table but they've left it late but I think they still want to kind of you know try to extend that hope of maybe staying in the Premier League so they're going to give us a game on Saturday we saw at Craven Cottage um uh, early in the, in the year, I think it was in January, um, they were 10 men, but they were still really pushing for that equaliser against us and that potentially even that opening goal. I'm expecting a very tricky game. Uh, Scott Parker's got them playing some good football, away away draws against Tottenham and Arsenal in recent months. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be quite similar to the Brighton game, the way we played against Brighton. Couple, you know, squad, um, couple rotations in the squad. Hope um, Tuchel doesn't tinker too much with the starting eleven. But I'm expecting, you know, the likes of potentially um, Alonso at left wing back. Uh, Kepa could potentially even start uh, you know, as a goalie. I think it, we I spoke about Abraham earlier. But this is the perfect game for him to come in and prove his worth, and um, you know, his potentially his, his his place in the squad for next season. Mm. But I'm expecting a very um, London derbies as well. You know, a lot of pride at stake. So I'm expecting a very tricky game. Um, I think we should. I say that, but with the way we played against Madrid, the way we played against you know these big teams. Uh, we need to be winning. We should win. We need to. We have to win. And um, but it's just it seems our form just slightly drops off against these small, not smaller clubs, but these you know clubs outside the traditional top six in the Premier League. So whether we can take that form and that passion and that energy against them, 
you know, do put in a performance like we did against Crystal Palace and score four quite early on, then I think that's when we start to think, okay, now we can like, you know, comfortably win these games. So I think we need to do that quite early on and we need to take our chances as well. Yeah. Um, I think we need to take our chances quite early on, like we did against Palace and not like we did against Real Madrid and waste a lot of chances. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree. And I think, you know, like you said, we beat them 1-0, didn't we, um, at Craven Cottage. It's just one of those games that does worry me because it's obviously slap bang in the middle of the, the key important games for us in the Champions League. Um, you know, are the players going to take their eyes off the Premier League knowing that there's a big game, you know, in a couple of days after that on the Wednesday. Um, and also, like you say as well, Tuchel, he does, he, the last couple of weeks he has liked to swap things around, um, which I think sometimes can mess that kind of, you know, um, togetherness, the cohesion of the team. And we've seen that quite a few few times now. And it does worry me a little bit because I, I, I think we really, all these games now, is it five games or six games left? They're all almost finals now for us. And that sounds very crazy, but until we're mathematically okay to get top four, there's no guarantee we're going to get into the final of the Champions League as well. Um, do we really want to miss out on getting, you know, missing out on top four, but also missing out on the Champions League final, then ending up with the Europa League? You know, I wouldn't, I'd rather miss, people call me crazy for this, but I'd rather miss out on Europa than actually playing you know not playing that at all next season if it means that we can just get the team back to where it needs to be and push on um that may not be what everyone else as a Chelsea fan would agree with but you know you always play catch up in the Premier League if you're playing on a Thursday night against you know a team that no one's really heard of and then you know you've got to come back on a Sunday or Monday and you're playing catch up all season you know you've got that injury um that that chance of more injuries just with the fact you know you're playing those games over a quick turnaround as well. So um, I think for Fulham, you know, I think they're, they're going to be desperate. They're very much like players that play for Chelsea. You know, they run through walls for, for Scott Parker as well. They, um, they've suddenly turned on the, the, you know, we want to win every game mentality. I don't think they've, I don't think they've won in the last five though, which I think if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they haven't won, although they, they were close to last weekend, but um, I think it'd be interesting. I, I agree. I think, you know, Kepin might start. I think there'll be a couple of players rested. I don't, I can't really see a Reese James starting. Maybe Callum Hudson or Doyle at right wing back. Like you say, around Alonso, maybe even Emerson. Um, we've talked, spoken before about Billy Gilmore. I'm not sure why he's not getting a game, but again, perfect game to put him in as well. So it'll be interesting. Um, we've got to win. We've got to get three points. I was right last night when I said 1 1, so was you. So I'm going to go for 3 3 0. I'm going to go for three. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the last five Premier League fixtures on paper, this is our easiest one. Because after this, we've got Leicester, we've got um, Man City, we've got Arsenal. Yeah. We've also got Villa away, which is never an easy fixture. So I think we should be winning. Um, I think we will win. I'm going to say 2-0. I think we will get that uh, second goal, which has been so important to us. Or should should be so important to us. Um, so yeah, 2-0, um, a goal in each half, in my opinion. Yeah, be interesting. Be interesting. Yeah. I think if we don't win this as well, because um, we have to start thinking around, you know, the, the the chasing pack of other teams that are almost around us as well. You know, West Ham are, are three points behind us, but then you also look at the likes of Everton, who still got that game in hand as well. Um, obviously, Liverpool are still there, and Tottenham. So, um, as I say, you know, all these games now are are really 
key crucial games that we can't really afford yeah. to drop points. And like you say, you look at the Man City game, you look at even the Arsenal game, which, you know, um, they can cause us issues and problems as well. Um, Leicester and like you say, Villa. So we've got to really start capitalising on just picking up as many points as we can now and hope that the other teams around us also drop points as well. Yeah, I mean, when we watched uh, the West Ham game on uh, Saturday, they were showing West Ham's next five remaining Premier League fixtures. And those are games you'd expect them to be winning. I think they've got West Brom, they've got Southampton. And that's when I re- made me realise that how valuable and important these three p- three points are, and um, that we're gonna we're about to get right now. So, um, so yeah, Fulham, Fulham on Saturday is a must win, and I think we should be winning, winning. And I, as you, I can only echo what you said about the Europa League, I'd rather not be in it than be in it at times. And we saw it in um, Antonio Conte's first season where we didn't have any European football at all to play. We kept clear of injuries. I think we only went through a couple of weeks with I think either Fabregas or Matic injured. But um, but yeah, we kind of walked. We walked a league that season. Um, we looked very comfortable. We kind of had a game plan. We had the kind of same starting eleven for almost every Premier League fixture, which worked. Um, so yeah, Europa League is a bit of a tricky one, and I'd rather not drop into that. You know, fifth and sixth spot. Um, and Everton, Tottenham, Liverpool are right behind us. So it's going to be a it's going to be a crazy end to the season. So hopefully by eight o'clock on Saturday, we'll be, we'll all be cheering. We'll um. We'll be the happy of the bunch at the weekend and we can start looking forward to our second leg. Um, one thing I know I wanted to touch on, I'm sure you wanted to as well, was um, a lot of conversation around Timo Werner. Is he fulfilling his, his full potential as a Chelsea player? You know, we know what he can do, um, which he has done for RB Leipzig as well. Um, but is he, as a Chelsea player at the moment, is he fulfilling his full potential? Can he do more? And what, what's probably gone wrong for him as well? I suppose that's the, the bigger question. I think when Chelsea fans signed him in the summer, we expected him to be that number nine who would score us over 20 goals in this season and, you know, you know, be scoring for fun almost like he was at RB Leipzig. I think he got over 30 goals that season hmm. and managed to help them to a Champions League semi-final. Um, so in that regard, is he filling it, fulfilling his before potential? Not this season, I don't think because he's not meeting those numbers that we expected him to in last summer. Um, he seems to also, when we do play him as a, a nine, he seems to be drifting a lot to the wing or kind of, you know, holding back, mm. which maybe seems, seems that he's not very confident to be, you know, in the penalty box. And we saw it against West Brom as well, when he was one-on-one of the keeper and he decided to pass it to Mount uh, yeah. to kind of tap it in instead. So I think it's a confidence issue that he's having at the moment. But um, at the same time, you do look at his numbers and they're not, they're not too shabby. They're very good numbers. I think he's got over 10 goals this season in all competitions. Scored some important goals. I think a couple of penalties in uh, group stages of the Champions well. League. Some really important assists. Um, the assist at Wembley against um, Man City and as well to set up um, Ziyech against Atletico Madrid in the second leg. Well, really, really impressive assists when you think of the pace he has and kind of, you know, the way he's able to put it for that whichever players in the box on the plate in this case it was Ziyech I think those are really important assists but at the same time it should be the roles are reversed it should be Werner in the box and Ziyech or Pulisic or Mount or whoever else on the wing kind of providing him that assist so I think the num- I think it will come in time I was talking to a friend on WhatsApp last night and he's asking me what's going wrong with Werner or how did he miss this chance and I think I think it's the you know he it reminds me a bit of Chevchenko and Torres at times, you know, come with a lot of expectations from the fans and also rival fans. And it just hasn't really fulfilled, fulfilled that yet. 
But I think once the fans are allowed back at Stamford Bridge, they'll they'll get behind him because I haven't seen one single Chelsea fan turn on Werner, which makes me really happy as a Chelsea fan. Mm. They're backing him until the end, and I think they'll be in full voice at Stamford Bridge to you know cheer cheer for him. So I think once Chelsea fans are allowed to back at Stamford Bridge, supporting him, and also when he once he gets a full preseason under his belt under Tuchel, and potentially a good good competition um, Euros with Germany in the summer as well, I think that that's when he starts to think, okay. I'm getting used to this league. I'm getting used to these opposition, you know, the teams that he's facing. I'm getting used to the manager, my teammates. And that's when you, I think, come August, September time, I'll answer that question. Is he fulfilling his full potential after a couple of months of the, the upcoming season? Yeah. I remember, I remember Dennis Bergkamp struggling um, in his first season at Arsenal. Um, I think he had, a, and I'm sure, I'm going to say Didier Drogba, but I might be wrong. You might have to correct me on that, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he, he struggled when he first his came first to the... Season, his first yeah. season wasn't as impressive as the following seasons. I think he just got about just maybe 10 goals or a bit less even. I'm not too sure. Yeah, but... it, it, wasn't, it wasn't, you know, amazing. Um, yeah. And I'm, I, I agree with you. I think you're, you know, you're spot on. I think he needs, a, he needs a pre-season with Chelsea, but I think before that, you know, he needs to go and have a, a brilliant Euros as well. I do think it'll be interesting if we do bring in and number nine, um, a, a striker, because I think that will potentially complement him in some ways as well. Um, so it'd be interesting to see who he brings it, if we bring anyone in. But also as well, I do think he's, um, like you said, you know, he's still done enough for me this season to to see what potential there is. We knew what the potential was beforehand before we signed him anyway. Um, you know, he was in the German under 15s international you know he's playing for German at that level you know you don't just sign up someone but that will course one up to the international team at 15 if they're not good um, and and I think his, his numbers for, for RB Leipzig were um, I think it was 127 games 78 appearances uh, sorry 78 goals so that kind of tells you that he, you know in a, it's a completely different league I get that but it is going to take a lot of time for him to adapt and to understand how the Premier League is played, you know, it's played at a lot of faster pace as well. Um, you don't have that much time on the ball, but he doesn't need that. I think he just needs that confidence. I think he needs a full season with two under his belt as well. Um, I'm sure there's things that they're working on, which we can kind of see the difference from when, you know, Lampard had him, um, their coaching staff that was in place beforehand. And now with Tuchel and his coaching staff there, there are differences that we are seeing with, with, um, with Werner. So I, I think it's more like you say a confidence thing. He he does need for me a full season before I can judge him. Um, I know he's had that this season, but I mean a full season with Tuchel working in the Premier League properly with the, like you said with the fans back. Hopefully we can get them back next season actually. Um, but yeah, you know he needs that. I don't think, and like you said, I don't really. I have seen people bashing Bernal, but I think that's just more in frustration because mm. they know how good he actually can be, or exactly. how how good he he is, not how good he can be. Um, but I agree, you know, he's got the goals that I, I wanted out of him. The assists that he's, he's brought in as well. Torres was the same, you know, Torres didn't light up the, the Chelsea Stamford Bridge, you know, the, the faithful, but when it mattered, he turned up, you know, and he, he, he done, he done a lot of, he got a lot of goals in Europe as well for us that a lot of people forget about. So yeah, you know, I'm happy that he's here. I think, I hope, because there's been talk of him leaving Chelsea as well already. Um, which I hope is just you know fake news, but I I can't see us yeah. selling can't see yeah. us selling him. It'd be it'd be silly, it'd be so silly. 
is part of the project that we're trying to build at the moment. So it'd be very silly to sell them. And I don't think we've very rarely, unless we've brought in someone like Pato or Falcao or Learn, very rarely have we lost patience with a player after one season. Yeah. I don't think we've done that at all, in fact. So I think I think we'll we I'm expecting a lot better. I mean, more things from him next season, uh, better performances without preseason, hopefully a good Euros. Um, but he is a he is a very you know sharp player um, as well. This season, I don't think we should be judging players on this season. You look at other rival teams. I don't think players who've come for big fees like Thomas Partey at Arsenal yeah. or even Thiago Alcantara at Liverpool, they haven't really you know impressed me that much. In t- yeah. um, you know when I have watched them, but I just feel like because Werner's that you know num- number striker who has chances one on one with the keeper, those kind of you know missed chances stand out more. Um, you know, in the football world or, you know, in the football community. There seems a lot of attention on Timo Werner rather than these other players, you know, even Gareth Bale potentially, even yeah. though he's kind of proven his worth throughout the years. So I think this season's kind of almost like a write-off in that way, in that sense. And um, next season should be the one we really focus on him. And I think, as you said, uh, having that number nine, uh, if it's someone like Lautaro Martinez, someone like Haaland, someone like Lukaku to come in and maybe complement his style of play. If, whether he, if he wants to play as a kind of a centre forward or a winger, then I think that will just kind of, you know, get boost up his numbers in terms of goals and assists. So yeah, next season is when I think it's going to be Timo Werner's season. Yeah. And just to add to that as well, Sadio Mane missed a sitter at the weekend, just gone as well. But no one mentioned it because it's Sadio Mane. But yeah. the less said, the better. But I'm just saying that, you know, all strikers and attacking players have their days off, all their moments and bad patches of form. And I wouldn't even put that down to Team Averno. I think he's I think he's had that bad of a season, to be honest. Yeah. But um I agree. You know, we'll have to see how he does next season. Um, you know, hopefully he comes back from the Euros refreshed and he's ready to just to kick on. Um I mean, yeah, last thing I want to say about Verna very quickly is I it was a bad miss against Madrid last <laughs> night. But um but also an amazing Courtois save. I think we need to kind of point that out yeah. as well. I played goalkeeper for my 11 aside and six, uh, six aside team. So I know, you know, a bit about goalkeeping. And I, it's a very good save because it's one on one, you know, point blank range and he's just sticking out that leg. So even though Werner should be smashing it in the roof of the net or slotting it, I think fair play to Courtois for, you know, reacting in time. Yeah. So it's almost like 50 50 bad Werner mess, but also amazing <laughs> Courtois save. It's a good way to dampen the, uh, <laughs> the message. Yeah, but it was a good save. It was a it good was save. A really good save. Um, yeah. you know, and, and we know Courtois is capable of that as well. Mm. Um, just as we wrap up, and um, I forgot to ask this on the Real Madrid se- segment, so my thinking is Hazard will start next week. Um, I think he got a flavour of what we were going to expect from him when he came on. We didn't really mention him beforehand, but just as we, we wrap up, what were your thoughts when he came on initially? And, and how he played when he came on? I mean, when I saw him come on, I thought it's almost written in the stars for him, with our, especially of Chelsea's luck of, you know, ex-players scoring against us. I thought he would score. I thought he would kind of at least do some kind of typical hazard magic and maybe provide an assist or dribble past a, a defender and, um, you know, do some damage to our team. But um, at the same time, I felt we kept him at bay. I think, I thought... I think that if he plays, I think they play Osasuna, I think, on um, this weekend or another yeah. Spanish team. I think he'll get more minutes in that game, potentially play the, one of the two halves. And I think similarly to you, I think he will start at Stamford Bridge next week. And I think, you know, we know when Hazard does start a game, what he's capable of. So, <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's quite a scary thought, but it completely depends if, you know, he's coming, he's come back from this injury fresh and, you know, back to his usual self, or if he's still kind of struggling a bit or carrying a bit of, you know, a bit of a pain in his, I think it's his ankle, his knee. Yeah. So it's a tricky one, but, um, but Hazard on his day is a very, very scary thought to play against. So I think our, our defense has got to be extra sharp because he's going to be doing a better job than Vinicius or Asensio oh, yeah. or someone like that. So. Yeah. So fingers crossed we can keep him at bay again. Yeah. It was it was worrying. I, I don't know how I felt watching him come on as a Real Madrid player. Courtois, I'm used to, you know, I've, I've got yeah. over Courtois, but Hazard, I think, the way Hazard left, I think, was so different to Courtois. Mm. Um, you can't really fault yeah. Hazard for the way he left. And, you know, he, he, he probably could have gone a season before, if we're honest, as well. Um, but, it did, it did pay me a little bit to see him come on as a, and even afterwards, I think um, I watched a bit of the analysis afterwards and they, they interviewed him. It just seemed weird. He had like a mm. rigid, you know, uh, coat on. It was just, um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how he plays. I'm pretty sure he'll play the full game at Stamford Bridge. You know, he, he's relished, he's always said he wants to come back at Stamford Bridge. It's a shame the fans aren't there. But I, I honestly do think the fans would give him a good reception. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's as much as he's moved on in his career for now, you know, it's obviously talks from coming back to Stamford Bridge at some point, but, um, you know, I do feel like, you know, he's got a big part that he's played at Chelsea that still matters to Chelsea fans. So I think, um, yeah, you know, be, be in, oh, I might change all these words, by the way, I might edit this part out next week if he scores against us and it's the winner. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, brilliant to see him back. You know, he's a good player still, you know, he, he can, you can tell that he's still got it as well. Yeah, I think he's kind of almost Zidane's pet, teacher's pet in a way. And Zidane's kind of, since he's come back from that injury, he's only just, he's only gone and praised him a lot more than he usually has. So I think it's, I think he's almost like he seems mentally more ready now as well um, after all these kind of setbacks with injuries. Um, and yeah, if we were at Stamford Bridge on Wednesday, it would be uh, amazing to just welcome him back, you know, the prince of Stamford Bridge in a way. And the way the final, I think his final kick at Stamford Bridge was the penalty against Frankfurt qualify for us for the final in Baku and then we know what he did in Baku so he definitely overstayed if anything at his time at Stamford yeah. Bridge he mentioned he wanted to um he wanted to leave I think the previous summer after the World Cup and I think um, Abramovich or the Chelsea board pleaded him to stay one more year which he agreed on which is goes to show what type of person he is yeah. and you know how much Chelsea means to him as he wants to leave on good terms but he played a whole season basically knowing he was going to be le- leaving in the summer and that's probably I think the 2018-29 season was probably his best season uh, in yeah. a Chelsea shirt so um, so yeah uh, excitedly nervous to see him play against us again uh, next, week, uh, next week yeah no I'm, I'm the same but let's let's hope we can keep him quiet anyway um, we can give him a, a round of applause at the end of the game and we're, we're through to the final um, but as always um, you can follow us on From the Shed End on Twitter um, I, think, I think you said it's From the Shed End but with underscores in between each of the words on Instagram as well so we'll we'll get that added for next week as well um, as always you can follow Theo at Sesky Time as well um, on Twitter um, so give him a follow definitely uh, keeps his content uh, interesting <laughs> trying to find the right word to use there interesting <laughs> um, and myself T. underscore producer um, so for all sort of podcast related stuff or music you can give me a follow as well but always interact with us as much as you can. Um, you know, obviously we want to get you guys involved as well. Um, you know, so yeah, just 
throw some questions at us. If you don't agree with what I'm saying or what Theo's saying, then just let us know. If you do agree, let us know. Um, but either way, just interact with us if you can um, and just so, show you know that you're, you're out there. But um, as always, this is from the Shed Then Podcast. Myself, T-Dot and Theo, thank you for listening.